Hello and welcome to the Grid Mash podcast. I'm Bobby and this is Ogie. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good. And yourself? Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. Good stuff, good stuff. And this is the first Grid Mass podcast, so welcome. Thank you for joining us. On today's show, we're going to be talking some tech jargon and technology. You may hear or, you know, you may just hear banded around when buying things like a new TV or something like that. And also the Amazon Echo, as well as the iPhone 7 Plus. So let's get straight into it. 4K, UHD and HDR. These are all phrases that can now be heard and seen when buying the difference. But what is the difference? What are they and what do they mean? Ogie, can you explain? All right. Well, um, I'm, I don't claim to be an expert on anything, but um, I, I will do my best to give you my understanding of what this thing is. So, for example, uh, when you look at resolution uh, and you look at HD, you have... Uh, you're, most of us are used to uh, a 1080p signal. However, for the most part, it's actually 720p. So that's literally the number of lines that you get uh, across your screen. Now, the more of these... 720 being lines uh, horizontally or vertically? You actually get vertical lines. Sorry, this is vertical because the horizontal lines are 1920. So you get cool. 19, 1920 by 1080 and you get um, actually 1280 by 720p. So 1280, uh, obviously that's less than 1920. So 1280 by 720, that that was the sort of original kind of HD standard. Um, so that's why 1080p is referred to as full HD. Now those terms nowadays in 2016s are, are a bit, um, getting to be a bit archaic. Um, however, considering the fact that when you turn on your TV, at least mine, I don't watch much TV, but most of the channels are still in SD. They're still broadcasting a standard definition, which is about, I don't know, 576 lines. So it's not that great. When you when you have a big 40-plus inch TV, it, they the pixels look bigger. People's faces look pixelated. Um, it's kind of like if you watch YouTube videos in tw- you know 240p or 360, they just on a big screen. On a big screen, they just look like crap. Now yeah. most of us know this already. Uh, this is not a new concept. This isn't new. But for a lot of people out there, um, th- th- these numbers can mean, like, what do they actually mean? Now, in, in my in my sort of mind, um, uh, nowadays, the standard is pretty much 1080p. So you have a full HD television. That's what I have. That's and and that's pretty standard in the shops, right? That's so you go, you, know. you go to the shops, buy a TV, it's bound to be... A minimum of 1080. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't even know if they. Well, I'm, I'm sure they sell still kind of 720p TVs or even SD TVs. Um, but if but you, you'd be using that as a computer monitor, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> this is not. I mean, um, uh, 1080p is pretty much the standard. It's been a standard for a long time, um, and it's not really something new. Uh, I mean, I do remember about 10 years ago when it was so new that these TVs were uh, extremely expensive. But nowadays, sure. you can walk into a curry, so you can walk into... Uh, we're based, by the way, in the UK, for, for, for a lot of you that will be listening, hopefully in the future, from all parts of the world. So in the UK, curry is a big kind of chain, something like, a I don't know, like a Sears in, in the States or something like that. It's basically... a, a tech place, uh, a place where you go and, and buy your TVs and all sorts of appliances, anything that's kind of have has electronics or computers or tablets and stuff like that. So that's right, yeah. I recently went into one 
and I wanted to see the U, the, the new UHD HDR TVs. So getting into high resolutions as, as but, th- but these are two different things, right? So you've got UHD 4K and then you've got a completely different thing that's HDR, Absolutely. is that right? So before we even say what HDR is, uh, HDR is something completely different. It can apply both to full HD and 4K as well, but it's something very different. Uh, full HD, HD, full HD, UHD and 4K are literally concepts for resolution. That just literally means the amount of detail that the television screen or the, the actual display unit will resolve, which is measured in basically vertical and horizontal lines. So again, uh, 1920 by 1080p, that's nine, nine, 1920 lines across horizontal and uh, 1080 lines vertical. So that gives you a full HD screen. That's the standard television today. When you multiply that by four, so when you add one TV and then one another TV next to it on the left and put two more on top, you literally d- double the horizontal and vertical resolution. Therefore, you get 3840 by 2160. So you essentially get Ultra HD, which is literally four HD screens sort of in a squarish kind of pattern. It's not really square, it's a rectangular pattern. So that really, this is what UHD is, which is... Going to be the- so UHD is basically the difference between 720 and uh, eight, uh, 1080, uh, but in the 4K world, is that right? Uh, it, it, it's, sort it's, of. One, it's one part of it. So you kind of jumped the gun a little bit, but yes, uh, when, you, when people say 4K and UHD, what that means is that 4K refers to what's called DCI, which is the Digital Cinema, I think, Initiative. This year, that's what it stands for. So that is the cinema aspect ratio, which is 17 by 9. So that's actually okay. 4,096 lines by 21. Uh, that's horizontally by 2160 vertically. So again, okay. you can see the difference. UHD has the same amount of lines vertically, which is 2160, mm-hmm. uh, as, as 4K. It's the same thing. However, horizontally, uh, true 4K, or as some people refer to the 4096, 4096, 4K as the true 4K, that's the cinema standard, uh, that has a little bit uh, more room on the sides. So what does okay. that mean? That means that if you have, let's say, nowadays a lot of people buy uh, monitors, computer monitors that are 4K. So if you have a 4K monitor, then generally it will be a 17 by 9 uh, aspect ratio so that will be a 4096 by 2160 so if you put a if you let's say you have a consumer 4k camera and a lot of them actually um you know not not, not speaking for the professional ones but a lot of the consumer and prosumer cameras uh, shoot uhd so they are okay. branded as 4k cameras uh but the 4k is actually uhd it's ultra high definition it's 3840 by 2160 so when you play that file natively on that computer monitor to illustrate mm-hmm. this example kind of visually if you can imagine i mean this is a podcast i can show you slides but it's literally going to have uh, you know you're not going to fill the whole screen you will fill it vertically but not to the sides so okay. in in other words that doesn't make a huge difference i mean uhd will be the standard for 4k for broadcast terrestrial broadcast so your bbc's your itvs in the states your cnn's and all stations nbc's they will broadcast in uhd yeah. not 4k dci because 4k dci will be reserved for uh, cinema cinematic and, and, releases I mean, again something you would see in the cinema or you can 
um, I don't know, 4K Blu-rays. I think they're mastered for 3840, definitely UHD. So, I mean, you know, 4K DCI is a bit of a weird kind of uh, uh, aspect ratio. I prefer it myself because it is a bit longer. Uh, it's a sort of mm-hmm. a wider. Um, but again, if you see 4K in the future on your TV, it will be in, in, in the UHD uh, world. It will, that's how it will be specced. So simply because I think they're trying to unify all TVs uh, to be UHD compliant. In other words, to, 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 to be made for UHD, not, not actually 4K DCI. So I, I don't know if this is how exactly this is going to work out and if, if it actually will work out because there's a few TVs which do support the 17 by 9 and that yeah. makes sense to me. I would want to have a TV that will support the biggest amount of resolution possible. But again, uh, how that's going to work, I have no idea. I mean, this is sort of the infancy, um, even though you know 4K has been around for a few years now. We can o- we've only seen in the past year or so a big push from the TV manufacturers, which are finally catching up and say, hey, you know. I mean, not only that, but I mean, you know, broadcasters and and camera manufacturers have only just started having a standard, haven't they? I mean, you know, you've got different color spaces, etc., etc., but they've only just really started to agree on what to do as a standard, haven't they? Absolutely, and that's the biggest problem. Um, With new technology, if you remember back in the day, uh, Blu-ray, there was also, what was it, uh, high-definition DVD, or there was another standard? Yeah, HD DVD, wasn't it? Which kind of never took off. Um, And and if you, in in Blu-ray, Sony's Blu-ray eventually won. So pretty mm. much everything, the consumer media that is physical, you can still touch it for 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 uh, you know pictures for for video. Yeah. It's going to be Blu-ray. Now the cool thing about Blu-ray is that well, not really a cool thing, but um, it's a it's a 1080p master right now. So again, when we migrated from VHS back in the day, and you know I don't even want to go back to the days of you know the the you know the the sort of the the beta. Wars between the VHS <laughs> and you know beta. That's again. That's way back when. That's way back when. But again, you see those <laughs> things. It's like cycles. You see these cycles of okay, some company makes something like a I don't know a VHS tape, and then this other company comes over. I think JVC, and they say, no, 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 we have a better one. And yeah. then again, you have manufacturers of the capture technology, the cameras. You have the display technology manufacturers, which often are, are different. So they have to be able to agree on hey you know can my tv display this back in the day it was a lot harder i mean i'm not that old to remember that I, I do i mean i was a kid in the 80s um and you know we were never able to afford i mean i i you know going back god i must have been 14 when we first bought a vhs player so wow. i kind of grew up without that stuff but anyway nowadays a 1080p master is your blu-ray so we we went from dvds which are standard definition sds yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not even mentioning, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, laser discs and all that stuff, which to me was, mm-hmm. you know, come on. I mean, that, I still don't understand the whole concept of, of why you would have these gigantic discs, which were just very inferior in quality. I mean, the quality was just so poor. Uh, but this was a, a sort of an um, intermediary, um, sort of a halfway house point, sort of a halfway point between... V- VHS and DVDs. The DVDs yeah. took over, you know, everyone late 90s, I believe 98, 99 was when VHS pretty much was was dying. It was like that's it, pretty much we're done, you know, it's over. Uh, even True. though they were still selling, uh, I mean, I had a Blockbuster I had a Blockbuster account in college in the states and that was 2000, <laughs> 2001 and literally you would go in there and you would see these posters now available on DVD. 
and everything yeah. else was VHS. So it, it, there was a huge migration from you know one standard to another. But you're right. Going back to what we were saying, it's only now that you know there's been talk of hey, let's unify these things. Let's say you know what is what is 4K, what is UHD, and this brings us to the point of of HDR. So HDR yeah. is high dynamic range, which. Uh, is a relatively new concept. It's still being standardized. There's not a you know the, there's not a whole lot of sort of unifying kind of hey this is the standard and this is what you need to do. This is like one rule etched in stone. No, it's not like that. But to my knowledge, um, there's a couple of sort of display standards. One is called PQ and the other one is HGL, uh, right. which uh, hyper low gamma. One of them is, uh, and I think that's some something that Sony started making. And then PQ, sure. I'm not sure what PQ stands for, uh, but this is something that's going to be another standard. So both of them will be okay. able to, you know, display high dynamic range. So what is high dynamic range? High dynamic range is basically a lot more lifelike and vivid colors. Um, N- uh, not really like uh, the old days of the, the plasmas where the I, I hated the plasmas the, for me the plasma TVs were just so unnaturally bright and unnaturally uh, saturated I think the problem was the saturation was just so extreme that he was just off-putting to me at least so I've always been more of a fan to you know uh, you know uh, LCDs and now OLEDs obviously uh, but again HDR is literally uh, it's resu- the way I understand it it's resolution independent so it, it can be 8K. So it's not linked to resolution no, in no. any way, shape, or form. No, it, it, what it's linked to is it's linked to the amount of stops, or you know, as we refer to as stops. Stops is basically the dynamic range. The way it's measured is basically your uh, the difference between the darkest part of the image and the and the lightest part of the image. So the more stops, the more type of gradations you have, the better, the more detail you will have in the picture. So, for example, if you have a scene where uh, you have a let's say a person sitting on a chair inside a room that yeah. is lit on one side by natural light coming from the window, uh, mm-hmm. and then on the the side that's opposite of the window is is more is darker. So it's going to be in the shadow area. And yeah. the, if you have let's say um, standard definition TV uh, today. Uh, even if you have a 4K TV and you watch terrestrial television, whether you're in the UK or elsewhere, you are unfortunately watching in what's called Rec. 709. So this is a standard, which is a unified standard for broadcast, which gives you about six stops of dynamic range. That's and it's also a color range, right? Yes. So it's a, it's a specific uh, collection of colors exactly. that your your screen is going to it's, display. It's like a controlled limit of, uh, for example, when when people shoot for broadcast and they go and film some documentary or our news, when that gets delivered to the editing uh, people. Um, for whatever broadcast station, they have to qualify the footage as legal, what's called legal colors and legal color space. So that means that when the reason why this is done is when when this is broadcast to pretty much you know different uh, all sorts of different people in a specific area, and these people own different televisions that which are you know not calibrated. There, you know, some people have TVs that are very old, some people have newer TVs. The whole point is that the picture is sort of unified in terms of it. It, it doesn't look like off on someone's TV, like everything's so bright or something that's yellow doesn't look orange on people's TV. So obviously that's not, <laughs> that's difficult. to. Control. Again, it's introducing a, a uniformity, yeah, exactly. isn't it? It's a little bit of a uniformity. Now, granted, 
people have different TVs, so and these TVs are calibrated differently, so you will still see a difference. However, that difference wouldn't be so jarring, and that's the whole, I guess, the whole idea. Now, the standards for high definition HDR are still being ratified. This is still being agreed upon, but the the two are H Hyperlog Gamma HLG, I believe, um, and then PQ. Now, apart from that stuff. What HDR really is, it doesn't matter what resolution you want. So technically speaking, you can have a a full HD signal, and that can be HDR. Now, HDR at this point, in terms of display, um, it's a bit, um, I don't want to say useless or pointless, but it's still a little bit before its time. The reason being is Rec. 709. So this is literally, you are locked in a color space, so your television right now, even though you may have the latest and greatest 4K TV on the market right now, if you put yeah. a news program, you will probably see a better picture that I'm seeing on my, I want to say, five-and-a-half-year-old Sony Bravia TV, which is very nice, full HD, very nice TV. <laughs> uh, but I will see a little bit of, um, you will see a bit more, um, maybe a little bit more detail than me. However, you will not be seeing the full you know, 10 stops dynamic range, which is what HDR is supposed to bring, a minimum of 10 stops. So this is something called is going to be called, I believe, BT2020, which is going to be the new standard. Uh, just like Rec. 709, BT2020 will be the standard for um, UHD, ultra high definition programming, uh, which I believe the HDR format, uh, the HDR kind of content will come under it somehow. Like it will be fit into whether it's PQ or HLG or some other kind of abbreviation, it will be fit into that. So the goal is to give you more resolution, four times as you got before, but not just yeah. that, give you um, a lot more, let's say, detail in the shadows. Uh, people's faces will look a lot more lifelike. In other words, you will, because obviously people's skin is so um, rich in tonality that it's quite different when, let's say, I mean, I come from a camera background, so if, if you capture an image, and let's say you capture an image in you know very high quality. By the time it ends up on someone's TV, it's been compressed so many times that it loses quite a bit of its original sort of flavor. So again, yeah. HDR is supposed to help with that by giving you a really rich image without making it look like just the saturation has been cranked up or the brightness has been cranked up all the way. So high dynamic range has to do with brightness as well. So for example, I believe the minimum is 1000 nits. So all TVs, yeah. if you buy today a UHD, a 4K TV that is claimed to be HDR, what you need to be looking at is that it at least 1000 nits. So that's the, nit is a measure of brightness. In brightness, right? Yes. Now, um, there is something called, which uh, I may be wrong, but I believe it's called the, there is a sort of an association called Premium, I, mean, I could probably look this up, uh, I think it's called Premium HDR or, or I, I don't know, I'll find this by the end of the podcast, but it's literally a logo, which once you see that logo on a new mm -hmm. UHD TV, that is certified HDR, so you are sort of future-proofing okay. yourself. Now, again... So I don't just buy it because it says HDR on it. Yeah, Look exactly. for the logo, basically. There is a logo which I'll actually post in, in the link to the uh, on the podcast notes. I'll actually post the logo of what you need to be looking at. I mean, if you want to buy 4K TV today, again, for me personally, um, I think it's a good idea to wait. Well, apart from, is it Amazon or Netflix? There's nothing actually 
being broadcast in 4K, yeah, is it? I mean, in, in the UK, I think uh, BT are doing the sports. Uh, I mean, I don't watch football, so I, I, I don't know. But I read somewhere that BT will do like a sports channel of some sorts. Uh, but not yeah, so BT have been uh, showing some of the football, soccer uh, games uh, in UHD, but I believe you need to have their broadband um, as well as their BT Sport subscription. Right. Um, I know that uh, Sky, which is uh, like a, a broadcast network here, uh they are actually going to be showing the Formula One in UHD for the first time next right. year. So it, it is coming. Um, it's not just it's just not quite there yet. I think we've got to look at the, the expense as well for both production companies as well as the general public buying these products. You know, a 4K HDR television isn't going to be that cheap. I mean, what are we looking at, Ogie? Maybe um, fifteen hundred, yeah, two thousand at least to get a good one. For example, I saw. I wanted to mention that earlier. Um, I was in a mall for some reason. I really hate going to malls, but I was. I ended up in a mall, and I I went to a store, big kind of department store that sells TVs. I think it's called Bentos. Um, I mean, my local mall is called Bentos. So I'm not sure if this is a big chain, but apparently, I think maybe it's. Anyway, I go in there, and it's the new Samsung. Uh, UHD premium TVs based on the, a quantum dot uh, LED technology, which I'm not exactly 100% sure of how the whole thing works, but but is it is sort of a amalgamation between what plasma used to do and the new OLEDs. So you get br a very high brightness, which is needed for HDR, and you also get a, a very beautiful uh, ultra HD. Uh, display so the 55 inch uh, ones were about uh, 16 to 1800 uh, pounds so in dollars wow. in dollars that's about 2200 dollars maybe uh plus so i, I would say at least 2000 dollars for a decent you know 50 plus inch um because one thing uh, tv but because one thing to bear in mind and sorry if i'm going off track but it's very important for 4k to just actually get the benefit to get a big screen you do need a big display. If you're going to get a 32-inch 4K TV, you need to be sitting really close to it to see the actual difference. So that's one thing about 4K. And then the people who are naysayers or you know non-believers, um, you know, I don't believe in that, but but a lot of people and um, will say, oh, I don't need a 4K TV because I need to be sitting a meter and a half away to get the benefit. Well, if you get a standard, like a, a non-HDR compliant uh, UHD, cheap UHD TV, yeah, you're probably not going to see a difference. That's why it makes literally no sense to do that. But if, if you, in order for you to see the difference, that's why HDR comes in. HDR is actually the sort of, um, it, it's what makes 4K and UHD count. It's like you can really see the difference. A huge difference. I mean, we'll stick with displays. And there was there was news. I think it was today or yesterday of uh, 2016 MacBook Pro models. So they are they're brand spanking new ones that have only just started shipping uh, with some sort of graphics uh, oh, yeah. card problem. I saw that today. That's just so weird because it it literally reminds me. I mean, I um. I mean, me and you are both kind of Mac fans. I mean, you're probably more than I do, but I, I love the functionality of, uh, and I'm a huge fan of the MacBook Pros, but, and I currently just bought a, yeah. a, a 2015 one, a used one, which I'll go into more details of why I chose this model into maybe a later podcast, but just without going too much off track, the new one, uh, the latest, latest brand, brand spanking new one, the one with the way I refer to it, the one without the 
any ports but USB Type C, which I never understood. But which it, you're not a fan of, but I am. I, I know, but the whole point is that this whole, sort of glitch, where uh, to explain to people who haven't seen it, is you turn on your computer, it kind of boots up, and then as soon as it loads the home screen, all of a sudden you see like these kind of I don't know VHS tracking type of like, everything's flashing. The uh, it's just not the way it should be. I mean, it's just totally bonkers. Everything is kind of going crazy haywire. This reminds me, actually, of an issue I had. Uh, I had a, a, a 2011 MacBook Pro, which um, was displaying that kind of issue. So what happened was... So that, that was a known fault, though, right? That's a known fault, yeah. So what happened was, uh, and the way the people, the good people at the Mac store explained to me, which I was very happy to, that they fixed my stuff without charging me a penny, is that there was apparently a recall of, of a problem with the hinges. So, for example, the there was some sort of a... I don't know, something was disconnecting from... The, the screen The screen was, was getting disconnected from the vi- video card, I believe. Uh, and, and that was causing that. So they replaced that. But they also replaced the... I think they replaced the video card as well because what happened was that for whatever reason that video card was was causing uh, intermittent uh, kind of not restarts but a very similar issue to what I saw with the the whole display was just becoming unresponsive and everything was fuzzy the colors were all it, it kind of looked like for example that some sort of an electric shock was going through the the computer it was just really weird so to see that in the new ones I actually think I, I don't know what's causing this and I hope they fix it I mean I think they've come up with an official statement it was on nine to five Mac uh, yesterday saying that yeah. they will fix it in a uh, firmware update which is great hey, you yeah know. so with that that's really weird because that that sort of i mean that email wasn't actually verified exactly we don't know um, if that's apple or someone said oh you know uh, yeah because it was med- meant to be from uh, craig uh, federici um and it was never verified but that would sort of say to me that it's not actually a hardware problem and it's actually a software issue is particularly the, if that's a preferable problem to have isn't it well, of course it is, yeah, because you can fix it over the air, as you know, as they do with their updates. But but it's not the first time Apple have had this problem. You know, you've just said with your 2011, I actually had it with my 2007 MacBook Pro, and and that was a, a massive issue. So much so that they actually extended um, the repair program that was available for it. Uh, because so many people had the issue. So it's a known thing. They've obviously switched uh, GPU manufacturers, and they're still having the issue, although it sounds like this could be a software-related thing and not a hardware-related thing. Uh, well, I, I mean, I think... I, I know, I, I hope they fix it soon. I'm sure there's quite a few people that have spent very, very good money on these uh, machines. As beautiful as they are designed, I, I give them that. I mean, Apple, to me, probably make the kind of nicest... Not just computers, but just just uh, pieces of technology that they they do. I mean, I have an iPhone um, which I recently bought as well. The what is it? The Seven Plus. Uh, the, their Macs are very nice. The iPads are very very nicely made. Um, but one thing that I will add is, despite you know their you know slick design and, and and how well they perform and the fact that they actually last quite a bit of time, I think that there's some inherent issues when something has to give. You know, when you have something that's so thin, I mean, there's there's obviously points of failure. I'm not that technical. I mean, I'm not an engineer. But, you know, how thin can you go before the, the actual wires that go connect the monitor to the motherboard and to the video card are just so thin that, you know, you open and close the lid 
50 times and it's broken or something i don't know you just put your laptop a little bit harder in your backpack or something disconnects i mean i I, my 2011 macbook pro i loved it because it was big it was chunky uh it was 17 inches and and it kind of weighed so i had to be really careful when i put it in my backpack and you know i flown with that that was it wasn't it 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 wasn't portable it it wasn't something it hardly fit in the back. I mean, I have a backpack which I'm going to link to in the in the notes. Uh, it's not a big backpack. Um, I mean, I do quite a bit of camera work, and I, I do travel uh, to kind of Europe sometimes. So I, I would put, let's say, a small camera or a DSLR type of device, type of camera, in my bag, with a few batteries, a couple of lenses, and the bag. I have a, I think it's called Logic Case 1620 or SL206. I mean, I don't know the exact model, but the actual compartment for the laptop on the back. And it's a very nicely padded kind of, you know, professional backpack. It's for a 15-inch laptop. It's not for a 17-inch. So when I actually put, I have to literally shove the 17-inch MacBook and it barely closes the zip. And that bag has been through so much hell. I've, I think I've flown more than 20, 25 times with it. Uh, you know, fully kind of completely packed with batteries and hard drives and you know it probably weighed like 20 kilos the last time i i, I took it uh, to eastern europe um but what i'm saying is and like you said i was very careful because i know ooh, that's a big laptop you know i need to be really careful not to muck it up because uh, you know god forbid something happens to it and this is the main computer that i use so with these new ones people i think tend to be a little bit more because something the light, lighter it is, you just don't really really feel it. You don't you don't feel the fragility of it. And I think they're very fragile machines, as good as they are. Um, mm-hmm. I think the new ones, especially, are more prone to failure, simply because everything in them is lighter, smaller, thinner, and I mean, I I really don't know. What I think they're actually made to different tolerances as well, I'm aren't sure they? You know, do. I mean, I'm sure they tested you know rigorously mm-hmm. before they leave the factory, but I mean, how thin can you make a certain you know, uh, I don't know. I, to me, this issue, the new one, um, I hope it's not a, f- a hardware physical issue, and I hope they fix it with a, with a, with an update. But I'm just looking, because I'm, I'm on a MacBook 2015 right now, and up until very mm-hmm. recently, I was on a 2011, and I can just literally see the thing is so much thinner and smaller. And, you know, again, just the hinges, everything is a bit more compact, a little bit slimmer. And I, I think this is a major going to be, not just for Apple, but for some, for, for, for any type of device that's literally way, way too thin. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's potential for issues, potential for something going wrong. Now, again, it's kind of weird that this is happening to the new MacBooks, but I think that's, you know, the least of people's worries with the new MacBooks. You know, I'm not even going to start mentioning the lack of... Any, <laughs> I mean, for me, when I... when I mean, me and you... We waited for this announcement for a long time. I was like, man, I'm so excited. I've saved up. Saved up oh, I think you money. actually said you were going to buy one, I, didn't you? Honestly, the day before it was announced, I said, I'm buying one. I don't care. I'm buying one. And then when it was announced, I just stood there. I, I, I was actually watching it as you probably were driving. I was watching it here <laughs> at home. And I, I was just looking at it. And, and they were you know, announcing the specs and all that jazz. And as soon as I saw that touch bar, I said, that's it. Game over. This thing is going to be not for pros pros don't need that i think i think you need to reserve judgment on that one until you've actually given it a go yeah maybe i mean maybe you're right i mean i don't think they have the new ones yet in my local uh bento uh uh, store uh, the apple store here in uh, kingston for those of you listening from the london area 
Um, the, my local one is Kingston. So, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Last time I went there, uh, they didn't have the new ones. They just had the old ones. So I've never actually seen, I haven't seen the new one yet in person. So I don't, I don't know. But you're no, right. I, I mean, your your rather big gripe was the USB C, wasn't it? Yeah, USB C. For those of you guys that I'm sure you're very well familiar, especially those who follow <laughs> the Apple kind of world, you know, Apple in their genius because they take things away now. Um, there's no other uh, port uh, natively on the side, both sides of the, the, the. But you don't need it. Okay, well, let me just back up for a second. <laughs> Only you have four USB Type C ports. So for those of you guys who are not familiar with USB Type-C, uh, and I wasn't up until recently, USB Type-C is like the next, the best thing, the next best, best thing since sliced bread. This is going to be one port to rule them all. In the future, everything will be USB Type-C because it can carry, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're a little bit more versed in that than me. It can carry yep. data, video, yes. and power. Yes. Correct. So literally everything in one. So the, the geniuses at Apple have decided, oh, you remember that MagSafe uh, cable that powered your laptop? Oh, you don't need that anymore with the new ones, so we're not going to give you one. Um, you, you know, SD cards, oh, good luck with that. You really need to buy a, a, a dongle. So Apple have on their website, and this is true, you can check it out yourself, yourself if you want. I think they sell about 20, 30 different dongles now. And they're about I think so. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's various ones, isn't there? There's uh, USB C to HDMI, USB C to USB. Uh, yeah, there's all sorts. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that USB Type C is is the wrong way. No, no, no. USB Type C is probably going to be the future. But give us an, give us at least one more port, something else. Because okay, let me give you an example. Um, I up until recently, up until just last week. I had a 2011 MacBook Pro 17 inch, which I loved a bit. And, you know, if anybody from Apple will ever listen to this, which I highly doubt, make a 17 inch MacBook Pro. Again, please. It was brilliant. <laughs> but it had, it had a port for like a MagSafe port, like one of the original ones. Um, it had a, ah, it had an Ethernet cable port, Ethernet port, which my new one does not have. So yeah. before this podcast, before we record the podcast, podcast, I had a bit of an issue with my Wi-Fi. So I was looking around my laptop, 2015 MacBook Pro Retina, but you know, 16 gigs of RAM, and I was looking at on the sides, and I said, okay, there's a HDMI, there's an USB USB 3.0, there's an SD card reader. I turn to the other side. There's two Thunderbolt two ports, amazing. There's a USB port, a headphone jack in, and a MagSafe port. And where is my Ethernet port? It's gone. It's gone. Again, it's gone. another port gone. So here's my prediction. I think in maybe not two years' time, but in the not so distant future, I think they're gonna do away with the keyboard. Honestly. Because what else is there to take away? <laughs> I mean, they're going to take away something else. Or are they going to start adding stuff back in? I mean, who knows? The iPhone 7 Plus or the iPhone 8 might even have a headphone jack put back in. Well, I certainly hope so because I tell you what. Okay, well, this is, brings us back to a, to a good point and probably a good segue. I was, up until very recently, an Android user for my telephone. My cell phone, I had an Android phone, which I still have and I still like. It was the OnePlus One original. Great phone. And... I decided to buy a iPhone 7 Plus because I wanted to go back to the Apple world of, of, of mobile phones. And as good as this thing is, is you know, camera's great, feels good, it works. I 
wanted to plug my... I have quite a bit of music on here. I like to listen to music. But I have a problem. There's no 3.5 inch jack anymore. So what do I do? Apple were kind enough to include a little lightning port. What is it called? Lightning port, correct? Yes, it's a lightning port. So you get a a lightning to 3.5 millimeter adapter in the box. And you know what? I looked in my pocket uh, this morning. And I don't know where I've actually put it. And you've lost it. I, I'm pretty sure I have. It's probably at my desk at work. <laughs> um, I, I have no idea. So to me, I, I am just, I'm, I'm trying to understand what they're trying to do. I mean, because I don't even know if they know, but the, the, the USB Type-C 4 ports, great. Amazing. Now, let's really, really think about this objectively. So, okay. So you have four ports. One of these ports, you have to charge. You have to charge your battery, right? Because you yeah. know, it's not going to last forever. So, okay. So, one of these ports is gone. Um, not necessarily, though. Well, not all the time, but still. I mean, if you if you, uh, if you you buy a USB-C hub, mm. you can actually plug your power cable into the hub and then the hub into the Mac, and that will still oh. charge it. Yeah, but again, it's... it's but it'll also give you data. So, I you've know, not but, lost the port at all. But here's my thing. It, you plug in one thing into another, and it's just such a... I don't know. It's just such a recipe for as much as they want to simplify things, they're actually making it complicated. But it's no different to having a USB hub. You know, if you've got a yeah, if you've got a USB but, hub plugged in, well, you're doing the okay, same sort of thing. Okay, okay, that's that's. I will agree partially because I will say this. Now, I actually bought quite a few months ago, and I still haven't used it, um, which is something I'll probably have to review for the website. A Belkin Thunderbolt two dock. So. That thing gives me three, uh, if I'm correct, three USB Type 3 ports. Gives me a Thunderbolt, actually a couple of Thunderbolts. Actually, Thunderbolt 2, I believe. And it gives me an Ethernet port. So, because I want to connect my router to my computer without using Wi-Fi, I'll actually now, I'm forced, because the, the MacBook, Pro 2015 doesn't have an Ethernet port, I'm actually forced to use this extension dock. I have no other okay. choice. I, I don't want to buy a dongle. I have a, a really nice, you know, nicely made dock, which, you know, which has its benefits, obviously, but it cost me 170 pounds. It's about, I don't know, 200 and some dollars for those of you in the States. And it was another piece of kit I had to buy. And not only that, it's not bus powered. Because obviously, so many ports, you can't power everything by one port. It is, uh, I need to plug it into the wall. And guess what? Yeah, guess I what? mean, my, my... but that's an advantage of USB-C. You don't have to do that. True, then. very true. But going back to my my Belkin dock, now I'm actually literally looking at the floor right now where my, um, uh, uh, how do you call it? The, um, the, 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 <laughs> the extension cord thing, the, the place where you plug all your 15 kind of AC plugs. I, it's, a, it's a Belkin thing as well. What do you call this thing, man? What do you call this? Uh, it's like an extension jack, isn't it? For, Stinger. It's an extension plug, yeah. yeah. It's an extension plug. So I have, four, I have four ports. I don't have any more free ports. So guess what? I have to buy a new one. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, honestly, mate. Things move on though, right? No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I... Command them for USB Type C, championing that that is a bold move. But when you lock your whole system into 
okay, how many people do you think, realistically, of everyone that bought these new MacBooks have a USB Type-C compliant device? Probably none. Probably, but, yeah. But then, exactly. you know, when, when there was the switch from, I don't know, LPT to like a serial bus to, to, a, to a USB, I mean, you know, yeah, any people didn't I, have USB I, back then either. I know, but but I would not. I I think if they had given us at least one one other port, I mean, uh, I don't know, uh, a USB, just a just a, I don't know, something, something. Okay, enough of that. Now the second point about the MacBook Pro, which I I really think we should just point out this thing, that yet again, it's a highly highly for for professional users, and I'm I'm talking about from a video editing background. Um. I know there's a lot of graphic designers out there, and these people, yeah, maybe they don't need as much RAM as we do in the video world, but I think the new ones for, what's the the kind of highest spec one you can get? I think it's about three and a half thousand pounds, probably even more. I mean, Yeah, I think, no, no, I think you're about right there. $4,000, let's say ballpark figure. I mean, that is $4,000. That is a, an extraordinary amount of money. Now, for that, Apple say you get 16 gigabytes of RAM. That's it. You can upgrade it. Nope, that's it. Maximum. Okay, hmm. I, I need more than that. And the reason being is, I mean, we're going from, from full HD to 4K, raw, you know, high definition, uh, HDR. I mean, I, I still think they want me to edit on, you know, Final Cut 10 has actually come a long way. There's been a new update for those of you guys out there interested in editing, you know, Final Cut 10, uh, FCPX, it's actually come a long way from two years ago when it was announced or two, two and a half or three years ago, whenever it was that there was, you know, it was like a very, it was lacking so many features. So a lot of people switched to premiere, but now again, they are limiting. Um, uh, I don't, I don't understand it. 32 gigabytes. And they say, Oh, there was an article I read by, um, uh, you probably know his name from Apple. I mean, I don't know the main guy that kind of designed these things. Um, he said, Oh, um, I think it's Phil Schiller. Is that, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think he gave an interview with um I want to say one of the big kind of Mac websites or one of the big tech blogs. And they said, Oh, uh, the reason why we didn't put a 32 gig uh, option, uh, even as a as an upgrade option, I mean as a standard, obviously, uh, was because of battery power. Well, mate, people will have this thing plugged into AC all day. I mean, yeah. that's just if I have I mean, these people are not gonna be walking around the park. Editing 8K red, uh, you know, red weapon footage. Ogi mentioned that he'd switched from an Android to the iPhone 7 oh, Plus. Yeah, sorry, have you used Siri? No, I have. Why not? Okay, well, well, I've only like, I, I think I had it on, and it was the the voice with the guy, and I wanted to change it to the to the female voice. Don't know why. <laughs> just the guy speaking to me from a phone is just so weird. <laughs> and and I I, cha- I I think I tried to change it. I mean, this just shows you guys. I mean, you're probably gonna laugh, but I'm I used to, you know, I'm not totally new to to a to a, an iPhone. I used to have back in the day. Again, back in the day, an iPhone 3GS. No, which one was the not the first one, not the second one, but the third one. Yeah, the 3GS. The 3GS. So that was my first, yeah. first, first, first Apple phone, and. To be honest, it was shit. I didn't like it. I, 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 <laughs> I for some reason, I did not kind of. Uh, it was. You didn't bit, gel. It didn't gel. Yeah. So I sold it on eBay, <laughs> as you do, and I don't know what I bought some 
something. I I I think I had like a uh, at that point the razor. I had a couple of razor phones, like Motorola razor. For those of you guys sure. from back in the day, and that was a flip phone, right? That was a, that was the best flip phone ever. Because you know what? Uh, speaking of flip phones, uh-huh. have you heard about Apple filing a patent oh, for a flip phone? No, they're not. Doing so. People are now thinking the iPhone 8 may be some sort of flip phone. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to... And we're headed back to the Matrix-style 90s or something. I think if they do a special edition, like a one-time only type of, hey, we're going to make this phone, it's going to be stupid, but, you know, it's going to be a limited edition or or it's going to... Like their book, eh? Oh, don't even get me started. This is... Okay, (laughs) let me just finish about the phone and then we'll talk about the book. So, okay, Siri, I haven't used it yet. Um, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure there's a lot of uses... But as someone who, then I had an iPhone 4, sorry, just go back, a 3GS and an iPhone 4, and uh, what was it, the 4S after that? Yep, so, yeah, yeah. So, so the 4S, um, and then I sold it, and then I bought a, uh, I don't know, some ungodly Nokia, ugh, it had like the stylus, is that what you call it, stylus? Like yeah, stylus, 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 yeah. I think it was called an N, N900. And it was really cool because um, you, you, you flip the screen and underneath there was a real keyboard, like an actual physical keyboard. Yeah. But it was so cool. It was The buttons were amazing. I mean, it, honestly, it was a great phone. The problem was the operating system. I think it was running Symbian or some ungodly... Random. Thing. Oh, God. It was, in order for you to install an app, you had to know how to use Linux. And honestly, it, it, I I am not a Linux guy. I hate it. I I don't understand it. Um, maybe I'm dumb. I don't know. Uh, but I, I just um, I couldn't get around the phone. So I installed sure. a couple of games somehow, and that's the only thing I did. I I didn't you know I used the internet a little bit, but you know this is what 2010 maybe 11. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the apps were atrocious. Not some. All of them. They were they were crap. They were just garbage. Um, mm. And I just got so sick and tired of it, and I sold it again. And then I had I don't know someone go to the Android phones up until the OnePlus One came out. OnePlus One came out a few years ago, a couple of years ago. I bought it, loved it, love it still. And then all of a sudden this year, I said, you know what, I may go back to the iPhone. I don't know. Why. Well, I'm I'm the opposite, aren't I? I mean, I I have had Apple phones for a very 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 long long time now. Um, massive fan of Siri, HomeKit, you know, the, the integration there for me is awesome. I need some tutorials from you. Awesome. You need to teach me. I know. Maybe we need to do a full sort I, of HomeKit absolutely. I mean, podcast episode. You know, I, th- I think the initial... It's a big subject. Well, trust me, we'll have time. <laughs> right. We're going to have to move on to cool. the next bit. Right. We haven't even spoken about the Echo Dot, which oh. we wanted to do. So let's get on to that. Um, for those of you that don't know, the Echo Dot is a Siri-esque product, uh, and it was launched around about two years ago in the US, and it's finally been launched in the UK. Um, the Echo Dot is the smaller brother to the Amazon Echo. Um, it's available for around £49.99, um, and I think it's the same in dollars as well. Um, it's It's a little assistant really it's sort of ice hockey puck shaped um can do many things 
you know, you, you can just say, I don't know, set me a timer and it and it will start making a noise once it's got to zero on the timer. You can you can what they call they've got skills. Um and, and these skills you can link up to things like home automation products. So for example, those of you that have got something like a Philips Hue, yep, yeah, you can control those. It's also got a line out, um, so it can be plugged into something like a stereo uh, system. Um, and with that, if you've got an Amazon Prime membership, or I believe this week um, they actually linked into Spotify as well. So if you've got a Spotify account, you can play those through the Echo by just talking to it. So I don't know, play me some Michael Jackson, and it will do that. Um, it's a great product for me. Um, I'm very much a believer in Apple Siri, as we said. For me, Siri integrates better with my my sort of home ecosystem, if you like. For example, with my Philips Hue lights, I just have to say good night and everything switches off. With Alexa, unless I say a very specific phrase, it doesn't want to know. It just, just won't do of, anything. This sounds all sure. cool. so futuristic to me because I feel like a caveman. Because honestly, my lights in my home, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I'm still running halogen lights upstairs. <laughs> not even not that I don't want to change, but because, you know, I still rent. So uh, <laughs> I bought some LEDs. But yeah. because for whatever, I'm, and I'm not very good with electricity, um, I know not much about it, except for the fact that it can actually kill me if I don't know what I'm doing, which which is probably the case. Uh, I replaced them, but I replaced yeah. them with halogen because I bought some LEDs and they didn't mm-hmm. work. And the reason why I didn't, not that it was the wrong fitting, I did buy the right fitting. I did buy the right voltage, blah, 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 wattage, everything was fine. But I have um, one of those uh, dimmer switches. So, so right, okay. dim my light. And it didn't. It didn't like the dimmer. Nope, nope. It didn't like the dimmer for whatever reason. They wouldn't turn on. And I think it's the transformer that goes behind the lights, which for some reason on some. You probably need to change. Yeah. Built into the the ceiling, I have to change. So anyway, that's a bit off track. But but your home automation, the the one. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty much obsessed with that, and and I respect that a lot. Um, I really want to learn that. I really want to learn more. So tell me more about the Echo because that sounds really cool. So the Echo. I mean, the main reason I bought it is because. Siri doesn't pick up on things. So if I'm in the, uh, I don't know, in the kitchen and my phone or the iPad is in the living room and I shout, hey, Siri at it, it doesn't pick it up. Uh, so it doesn't, it then isn't listening and it's not going to be able to, to, to perform the command that I'm asking it to. Amazon Echo and the Echo Dot, they have something like seven speakers built into them, and they're, I believe they're called far field speakers or so, something along those lines, which basically means that the pickup pattern on these uh, uh, microphones are insanely um, sensitive. So I could literally be the other side of the room and at a normal speaking volume uh, shout. Alexa, do, I don't know, t- switch on the lights, and it will do it. Um, the, the pickup is excellent, much better than, than Siri's. And I've actually, obviously, uh, speaking of Siri, there is a rumor that Apple are developing their own Amazon Echo-style uh, product. So uh, waiting for that with 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 you know fingers crossed that it does actually happen because as we know there are a lot of products that Apple speak about and or 
a lot of products that are rumoured and never actually come to fruition with Apple. Um, the Apple uh, AirPods, I believe, are one of those. We're still waiting for those. They were due out in November, and here we are in December, and still nothing. But going, go on. I, I've heard of various rumours, you know, battery life, etc., etc. I believe someone mentioned that the, the size was so small that they were struggling to get the battery uh, to actually again, fit. But then I mean, again, how... they sent out demo units, didn't they? So Yeah, I mean, again, I really wish they kept the 3.5-inch jack in. I don't know what's so revolutionary about taking it away, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. If... No, I think they're pretty cool. Um for me, they're pretty, but then, you know, I'd say that, wouldn't I? Um, back to the Echo. Um, but yeah, for, for me, there are, and this isn't this isn't Amazon's fault, really. It's actually the developers. So Hugh or Philips have actually obviously invested a lot of time and money into developing their app um, for the iOS market uh, and not so much for be it Android or, you know, the Amazon Echo in particular. Uh, the reason I say that is because, like I said uh, earlier, if I say goodnight, it automatically knows to switch off all my lights, I'm going to bed, and that's it. Now, yes, I have to set this up, but it's, it's easy. All I say is one little phrase, and it works. With the Echo, I have to say, turn on good night oh, and i and i'm but i'm but it's me, it doesn't make sense because i'm not turning it on i know it's... i'm turning off lights but i'm telling it to turn it on so it's all really weird and and that as far as i'm aware is actually down to philips rather than amazon so i think you know once more and more developers start actually pulling their finger out and creating the the ecosystems that they have for other products for example ios then i think it could be a really cool product but oh, oh yeah i mean i'm super stoked about you know getting into something like this but i'm just such such a novice and i'm sorry to cut you off but i was gonna forget no, no. i'm just so new to this that i don't even i i can't even i don't know my lights are not even working hardly you know i don't know maybe Maybe I need to take like a home improvement course of some sort. Uh, I think you need a DIY course or something. Yeah, yeah dude, it's just help me out. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, the Echo. How much is this thing? How much is it? It's the 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 Echo. There's two different products. So you've got the Echo, which is the bigger brother, and this has this basically has a a Bluetooth speaker built in. Um, I didn't opt for that because I actually have Sonos in the house, so I didn't didn't feel the need to go for a speaker system but i did pick the amazon echo dot which is the sort of ice hockey puck sized device that is i believe 49.99 and if you'd have actually bought it on black friday i think it was about 35 pounds or something uh, so there was a bit of a discount from amazon on black friday now the actual purpose of the device it's a smart assistant um, it's there to help you with your day-to-day -day activities. I don't know, adding something to your shopping list, ordering something from Amazon. Um, it can do it. it. It's it's. I mean, you know, myself and my wife, we, we we do just go around the kitchen. We run out of something. We tell Alexa to add it to our shopping list. We go to the to the no, supermarket and we pull that. up our list. Yeah, no, seriously, yeah. Oh it, it, so I don't have to write anything down. I don't have to remember to take the bit of paper with me, but I've always got my phone. If I don't have my phone, she's most likely got her phone. 
So one of us will have the shopping list. I, I'm so behind the times. I, I do claim that I use my phone as a caveman. I literally, use, <laughs> I don't know, I browse through my emails. I respond to texts sometimes. And then that's it. I, I, don't, I, I think that, I don't know why, but I just, not that I don't want to use it. I think it's cool. I, I think that's absolutely going to change my life and my wife's life. Yeah, totally. I mean, I haven't explored it all. Yeah. There, there's something like 3,000 skills. And as I said, the skills are different, you know, things. Yeah. I mean, even something silly like, I don't know, flip a coin. You can tell it to flip a coin. So, if I don't know, you say to your wife, who's doing the washing up tonight? She shouts heads. You tell, uh, you tell Alexa to flip a coin and it'll give you a, a random heads or tails. You know, it, it's, you know, it, it's pretty cool. But for me, there's, like I said, 3,000 odd skills, but again, the UK market seems to be falling behind the US in that, uh, I believe it's Amazon. Amazon haven't allowed all of those skills to come straight over to the UK. So for example, I know that Sonos, as well as Logitech, have a skill for the Echo Dot in the US, but they aren't available here in the UK. Oh, that's, I mean, that's just... The, and there's no reason. I can't, I can't think of a logical reason. I mean, there's know, probably some kind of corporate backwards, I don't know, some backwards thinking happening somewhere that... Sure, but, but, but for me in particular, you know, I bought it when it first came out. There wasn't any sort of word from Amazon to say, look, the UK product differs from the US product. Mm -hmm. So I've gone out, bought it, thought it would be the same and actually no it's still lacking some of the features that are available on the US version on the UK version so from you know again going back to the smart home thing i have a logitech harmony ultimate system and that basically means that i have a, a hub that's connected to the internet that hub has built in uh, infrared transmitters and basically i can control my tv my dvr box literally anything that has infrared or is internet enabled from my phone um, at all using the pretty cool touchscreen remote. Now, in the US, you can actually shout commands out to the Logitech and, you know, I don't know, Alexa, turn to channel one and it'll turn to channel one for you. But in the UK, we can't do that yet. Reason? I don't know. Um, I can't think of a reason. Um, all in all, brilliant little product. Best voice recognition available on the market at the moment for me. Price point, brilliant. Fif I mean, £50. What, what is £50 really in the grand scheme of things? Amazon Prime Music, Spotify, you know, Amazon Prime purchases. It's brilliant. Um, if you want to try the whole voice recognition experience out, then I think the Echo Dot is probably the cheapest way to do it. But I wouldn't be surprised if it takes you a, figure, uh, a while to figure out what to say um, or what to do. There's no real sort of manual with it either. There's there's on the on the app. There's a little help section, but it's not all that. And I think a lot of it will be either searching the internet or just you know saying random phrases until something actually happens but definitely an affordable way to get connected to the voice assistant market. Well, I mean, again, that's pretty fascinating stuff, and I really need to take a crash course in 
uh, home automation or what's the right word here i mean we uh, I... well there's there, there a lot a lot of it is home automation but i sort of like to call it the connected home connected home but you know you know what i'm mostly interested in out of all this Go stuff on. home security oh uh, yeah i mean I'm again obsessed. yeah home security but i don't know how it would work with the echo because you sort of have to be with the echo for it to work so there's no sort of phone app for you to do echo with um i don't even I believe the amazon phones have it either i think this is a good point for us to leave for a future podcast where we i think so really i think we should we should actually call it time there i mean we've been yeah, going for a, over an hour now well i mean again this is the first podcast we're actually recording um, so again, sorry if we rent. We'll hone it down, we'll folks. Hone it we'll down. hone it down. We'll, we'll, we'll do our best to get them within an hour. I think an hour is... Yes. Sometimes it will be 40 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, an hour and 15 minutes. Now, we are also um, going to have, in the future, hopefully very, very near future, some guests. So, you know, there'll be some interviews. Um, we're yeah, also definitely. You know, keeping our uh, eye out on the website that's coming soon gridmesh.com uh, it's going to be again we still really don't know what the place is going to be about but it will be about cool tech gadgets some reviews some funny stuff regarding computers technology new craziness and again we're just two guys trying to make sense of all this uh, again, yeah totally stuff is new. we can learn together absolutely because for some for, for someone like me who is into cameras and, and you know filming things and editing and, and just generally a little bit computer stuff and you know TVs and stuff like that. I I know very little about home automation or you know things that that Bob is pretty very well versed into. So it, it's it's an experience. It's a learning experience. So hopefully you guys have had you know have gotten something useful out of this. If you have any suggestions, uh, of stuff you want to hear us talk about, or you know you 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 know you you've seen some really cool gadget that hey you guys should check this out. Um, do follow up with us. Just send us a quick email. Uh, follow us on social media. Talk to us. Um, and that's pretty much it. I think that's it for this. Yeah, we'll leave we'll leave links for all of that in the in yeah. the descriptions below. Um, and as Ogie said, do get in touch with us if there's any suggestions or any tips or anything like that. Let us know. Um, thank you for listening uh, to our first ever podcast. That's the Grid Mash podcast. Next week's show, I think we're going to be talking about tile. Now, this is a, a little gadget that helps you find things. Um, I've actually bought one, so we'll, we'll touch base on that. Uh, Ogie, have you got anything that you want to possibly talk about next week? Yes, I have actually just bought, well, I've ordered it. Hopefully, it's going to arrive tomorrow. It's a camera. It's a very new Sony Alpha 6500 it's a small APS-C sized mirrorless 4K camera that a lot of people are talking about, a lot of people are excited. I'm super hyped about. So while I'm on sort of semi-holiday vacation, uh, interrupted by some work that I'll probably be doing, I will give you guys some of my first experience with uh, some sort of impressions of, hey, this is you know what I think of the camera, uh, and some new footage that I'll be posting a link to somewhere on our upcoming YouTube channel. So... Yes, that's my gadget. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Until next well, time, guys. Thanks again, guys. Until next time, we will see you soon. All right.